LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the One Ministry Question Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins. And today I'm here with Daniel M. Hello, hello. Ah, and uh, we are tackling a new question for the day. Daniel, what is it? How do you, as a pastor, continue to grow spiritually? Okay, that's all <laughs> yours, bro. <laughs> Well, you know, it's this uh, it's such an interesting question because these days, probably more than ever, we're we're seeing the fallout of what seems to be pastors not doing this question. Right. Yeah. We're, we're seeing the fallout of uh, whether it's scandals or pastors uh, just buckling under the pressure Pastors leaving the ministry, discouragement on the rise. I mean, there's tons of research out there that you could just Google and find about pastoral health. The Lilly Foundation, I mean, they've put money toward this in years past. They're putting more money toward it right now because, man, you know, you can. What's that saying? I mean, Todd, you're the king of phrases. You can only lead people um, in a direction you're going yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And as, and as far as you've gotten to, right, like you can't lead people farther than you haven't gone. So if as the spiritual leader of the flock in your congregation, you aren't growing spiritually, how do you expect other people to, to do that? So that's, that's why I think this is such an important question. And I, I I would love for us to get beyond the trite answers of read your Bible, pray, and I mean, which is which that that's huge. And, and those are the foundational sides of it. But what are the other aspects in and around spiritual growth that we need to tackle first? Yeah. I right? mean, when it comes to spiritual disciplines, all of them are important. Some of them are probably more important for pastors because mm-hmm. you will tend to exercise and build um, muscles in some areas more than others naturally. And it's easy to fool yourself into thinking, oh, I'm spiritually maturing or I'm spiritually mature and I'm spiritually maturing because you're flexing the muscles that are naturally connected with being a pastor. And so it, it, you know, you can uh, really hurt yourself by not cultivating some of those other elements like silence and solitude, which mm-hmm. is one that I personally hate more than anything. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, just so let's go to the research, right? When we go to the research and this is from Lifeway Research and I, I tease it out in, in my book, No Silver Bullets in the second chapter where it's like, hey, here are the practices, right? Here are the inputs that if you do these inputs, the more frequently you do these very things, you are like all of this other, you know, your, your overall maturity is going to increase, right? That there's research in and around that. And one of them is Bible reading. So the more frequently Lifeway Research, this they've done this research three times now. The other year is when they did it again. And it, it's affirmed, right? I mean, the more frequently someone 
reads their Bible, right? We're not talking about memorizing or studying. All of that is super important and, and helpful towards spiritual growth. But just the simple fact of reading your Bible, the more frequently you do this, the more likely you are to grow in all aspects of maturity, right? So you take a look at that as an example and the importance of, of being in a group and serving, right? So that research is there. But Todd, I love the fact, I, I love what you said, because as a pastor, it's a little bit different, right? We know, yes, here are the inputs that do produce a greater output of spiritual maturity. But as a pastor, it's it's easy to feel like you're reading the Bible, right? But you're actually doing it for something else. And you're right. not actually doing it for your soul, right? So any number of pastors who are like, yeah, of course I'm in the word of God. Of course I'm praying. Of course I'm doing this. You need to have that check of, okay, why are you in the Bible and why are you praying in that very moment, right? Are you in the Bible because you are trying to write a sermon right. or are you praying because you are in a meeting? Like what is the function that is tied to that versus like, are you, are you reading the Bible and are you praying because your hat, you have the pastor hat on, or are you reading the Bible, praying and cultivating spiritual disciplines because you have no hats on, right? You are, you are, you know, not literally naked, but you are like, you are a son, right? You are a daughter. You are a child of God. You are literally just, I have zero titles, zero badges. I am not putting anything before me. I am just a, a child of God. And that's why I am coming to you right now, Jesus. Some, for, so from a practical perspective, I'm going to mm -hmm. pull something out of what Daniel just said. And it is uh, takeaway so far would be about it is the purpose and posture of that spiritual discipline that you yes. are uh, exercising. So if you do it with a, um, a, a posture of pastor rather than it being personal, uh, then that's a problem. You need to, yeah. ex you need to exercise those in both contexts. Yes. Um, the, the other thing that, that I would say again, is there are some, in my opinion, that are probably, uh, it's not that they're more essential than others. They're all essential, but you can fool yourself and, uh, and, and really you're standing on feet of, of iron and clay, uh, mm. when the rest of your, you know, spiritual, uh, disciplines may be, you know, made out of better stuff, but biblical community and silent solitude, I think are the big ones that we often overlook or think we don't need. Biblical community is really, really hard to get as a pastor because, you know, it being a safe place or wanting to have boundaries or whatever excuse you want to use. Um, it's difficult. And the higher you go in leadership and the larger your church, the more people, you know, around you probably want to, to, to please you or not call you out on your stuff. Uh, and sometimes uh, we are less and less likely to do, to call ourselves out in front of other people or be vulnerable with people because, you know, we're supposed to have it all together. And the, the greater leader we are, the more and more we're supposed to have it together. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you know what, there is, uh, there's actually a question we're going to do at a later date where it's like, how can you be friends with your coworkers and also lead them as your boss, as their boss and, and other questions on future episodes about, you know, can you be in a group with those in your church? And right. I'm sure we could dig deeper into all that, but I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I fully agree with you on the sol- silence and solitude in the biblical community side on the biblical community side. I have, like, I don't, I don't talk, I don't like having, you know, this Daniel here and then this Daniel over here and this Daniel over, right. like, I want to just be Daniel and the same Daniel everywhere I go. And when it comes to community, it's like, yeah, I know the importance of biblical community. So I prayed about it. And during the pandemic, I shoulder tapped three other guys in our church. And I recognize, yes, there is the power dynamic of I am their pastor, but I still shoulder tap three other guys in the church and said, do you want to do a discipleship group together? Right. Do you want to study the Bible together? And and we've been cultivating this for the last year and a half. A couple of weeks ago, something incredible happened. Actually, it was probably about a month ago at this time. Um, I had just received this uh <laughs> This nasty email, uh, as many pastors have been getting nasty emails from their own congregation. Um, and, and I, I was like so flustered by it that I read it to the group and I was like, guys, I'm not going to tell you who this came from, but I'm just gonna, I just need to tell you this. And I just got a vent because this is, I'm just, yeah, I'm hurting. And I, and I do it and I did it. And I told them what I did afterwards, like how I responded back. And then, um, the, one of the group group members, he was like, Daniel, can I, can I just say something like, is is it okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like whatever you want to say, like we're, we're brothers, right? We're, there's no, like we're on the same level. We're brothers. And I've been really conscious at trying to create this vulnerable place. And then he's like, okay. All right, Daniel. Um, I, the way you reacted, how much of that was driven by your pride? And it was like slap in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said that. And I was like, uh, in the back of my mind, I hate you. And in the, fr- <laughs> but out of, but out of my mouth, it was like, you're, you know what? You nailed it on the head. Yes, you're completely right. It is actually my pride that has led me to interpret this email in this way. And then that actually led me to sending a follow up email and apologizing to the person. Uh, and, and it was just like, you know, so, I mean, think about that, Todd, right? Like how many pastors have this sort of community where they feel that they feel that they can be vulnerable enough to do something like that. And that others in their group feel safe enough to be able to, in a sense, punch their pastor in their face. face. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, so, so that's, that is, um, that's a great example of, mm. of, of being, you know, vulnerable enough and surrounding yourself with people that will tell you what you need to hear, you know, and, and that is a, uh, um, that hopefully is a microcosm of the culture of your church where, yeah. you know, people, people kind of feel that, and, you know, again, a practical follow-up, uh, just to that is, I remember, and I can't remember who wrote, who wrote before you press send. Oh, I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I'm not too sure. There was a book called before you press send. And I remember seeing 
this framework before, uh, before the book came out. And I thought, Oh, that was really smart to, to, um, equate this to, to email, but it was Mm. basically, um, is this true? Uh, is this helpful? Is this actionable? And I feel like there was one more thing. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I actually, um, I actually think that's a really good thing when somebody offers a critique of you is to say, okay, um, is this true? You know, is this, uh, actionable, uh, or or what part of this is true? Mm -hmm, Because probably mm -hmm. part of it's true. I just found it actually. It was, uh, the Egerich's, Egerich's, you know, love and respect people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, And I remembered it completely differently. (laughs) (laughs) The first one, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? And is it clear? That's before you hit send on an email. Um, so, but in responding, I think to criticisms like that, uh, especially, you know, as a pastor, those, those kind of things are helpful, but yeah, again, yeah, well, we're here, we're here to really talk about, um, <laughs> to talk about spiritual disciplines, uh, well, I mean, spiritual disciplines, but no answering email is a spiritual discipline <laughs> of, of patience, of restraint. <laughs> just let's just think through the fruit of the spirit and how much, how much fruit of the spirit is revealed and cultivated through emails these days. That's true. <sighs> yeah. I guess that is, that's really you know, true. My goodness. That's yeah. You know, you mentioned silence and solitude as another key discipline. And I would wholeheartedly agree with that because in silence, uh, you are not defined by your words. Whereas as a pastor, you have the microphone, right? You are not defined by uh, who you are, the, the authority that you are holding with your words, but in solitude, you, no one is with you <laughs> who can say you're my boss or you, uh, you know, you're in charge right. or any of that. Right. And there's no crowd in front of you. And, and that's the side of, oh my goodness, you're right. It's so important that we have moments of silence and solitude. And if you're like balking at this and you're like, I can never do that, then start with five minutes. Right. Set your timer. Start with 10 minutes and then 15 and 20 and just go that way because it's in those moments you're reminded, you know what, when everything is stripped away. Right. It's like that. It's like that old song, Heart of Worship. Right. When the music fades and all is stripped away. (laughs) Right. I simply come. and, And that's the piece. How can we be so comfortable in our skin and in our identity that it's like, you know what? Yes. Everything, God, you give and you take away. Everything can be taken away, but I will still bless your name. And that's why silence and solitude is so important and why it's so important for pastors in particular to grow spiritually. So um, anybody who listens to 5LQ for a while would know that silence and solitude is, is and I mentioned it when I, uh, when I uh, said that earlier, it's one of the things I struggle with the most. Um, one of the most helpful things for me that is not silence and solitude, but a step toward it is, um, we, uh, we got a new house and with that Mm. house, uh, it came like I moved from a postage stamp, you know, yard to something I actually have to take care of. And there's like trees involved and machinery and big mowers and, and all that. Um, 
And one of the things I think that I found really helpful is when I'm doing those things is just, there's nothing else that you, there's nothing else to, to, to do or, or, or think of. It seems really weird, but I grew up with, you know, in a agricultural, uh, culture and area. And so, you know, there's a lot of that type of work, manual work. And again, silence and solitude ultimately should probably be, you know, spent doing nothing, Mm. but I'm getting a lot closer to it uh, (laughs) by, you know, mindlessly doing something. And I've just found, man, it is super helpful. Um, It's been super helpful for me personally uh, to at least make baby steps toward that end. And I, yeah. again, I'm not saying, uh, I have silence and solitude down. Uh, that's still my number one struggle when it comes to all the spiritual disciplines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, as we wrap up this episode, uh, we would love, right. Todd and I would love to know how you are growing spiritually and whether silence and solitude and biblical community are core disciplines for you and your growth, or if there are other ones that you feel like we've missed out on. So uh, there are a lot of different ways that you can share that with us. Uh, you can do that on the socials, right? You're Todd Adkins, Adkins, uh, not the Atkins diet. It's no. Adkins. A-D. <laughs> A-D. A-D-K. Yeah. And then mine is at Daniel. And then it's my Korean name, S-A-N-G-I, Daniel Sangi on all the socials. And we would love to connect with you and hear more about that. Uh, or you could always leave a rating and review and share that information in that too, as kind of a double, you know, communicating back to us, but also helping us get the word out about this episode. So good. All right. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Please do hop on over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review and tell about three or four of your nearest and dearest friends about this podcast. Thanks for listening. 